Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the White Witch Podcast with me, Carly. Hope you are all well, witches. On today's episode, we are going to be talking all about witchlings. So, children and how you can introduce elements of the craft into their life should you feel the call to. I'm doing this episode as I have had a few people ask me about this, how I integrated the craft into life with my daughter. But you might even have siblings, nieces, nephews, grandchildren and so on that this is relevant for. So I apologise if this episode isn't for everybody. I can assure you next week's episode will be for all. Our book review today. Wow. I have been blessed with finding some amazing witchy books recently. Yes, we have another witchy fiction book today, but this book... It encompasses so many topics we have discussed recently and this book has been on my bookshelf for a while but I have been craving some escapism of late, finally remembered I had it. I have been reading quite a lot of fiction but don't panic, for the forthcoming weeks we definitely will have more non-fiction witchcraft books to discuss. Today's book is The Boneless Mercies by April Genevieve Tuchalk. Again, this is another young adult's fantasy book, but let me tell you, this book contains sea witches, marsh witches, healers, seers, a ton of Viking-style mythology with the book's own take on it. There's reference to the many worlds within Norse beliefs, and we even have magical yew trees, which obviously we've discussed recently. There are four female leads in the story who are bloody amazing. Frey, Runa, Juniper and Ovi. I loved Juniper the Sea Witch, love the name. She was amazing with her many rituals and sea witch prayers throughout the book. So let me read the description to you. This is a story of mercies and witches, of reeds and fawns, of women and giants. Thray, Ovi, Juniper and Runa are boneless mercies, death traders hired to kill quickly, quietly and mercifully. It is a job for women and women only. Men will not do this sad, dark work. Frey has no family, no home, no fortune and yet her blood sings a song of glory. So when she hears of a monster slaughtering men, women and children in a northern jardim, she decides this is the mercy's one chance to change their fate. But glory comes at a price. 
So if you love the program Vikings, I'm confident you will love this book. The writing to me was so beautiful. The description of them under campfire, looking at the stars, the moon, the mercy killings that they carry out, haunting descriptions of the meadows and the marshes. The law that runs throughout the book is just wonderful. Again, I was sad that I read this in the summer and not the depths of autumn or winter, as it really is the right sort of book to sink into for those seasons. So I would rank this book up there with The Witch of Salt and Storm by Kendall Colpe, which is another one of my favourite young adult books. I was absolutely gutted to have finished this. Not sure what I'm going to read next on the fictional side that's going to match up to this. But yes, loved, loved, loved this book. We also have a further review today as I have recently been sent a beautiful package by a company called Witchbox. So Witchbox is a British company started by a mother and daughter team with the aim to share their witchy knowledge and passion for the craft for witches around the world. So they achieved this by creating Witchbox. Each month they send out a box with its own theme from goddesses to divination and each box contains items for every witch's toolkit as well as witch box exclusives that are made specifically by them. Each of their boxes contains at least 11 items and is worth a minimum of £45. So for UK customers, a monthly subscription will cost £28. For the EU, it can range from £34 upwards, depending on the country you live in. For the US and the rest of the world, it's £35 with no additional postage costs. So I'll post their links in the show notes. But to give you a heads up in regards to the one that they gifted me, I received the June divination box. And in it, I had a divination spell kit. So everything I needed to perform a spell. I haven't got around to this, but I'm going to be doing this in the next couple of days. So I have a copal divination spell kit so looking forward to carrying that out i had a beautiful glass diddy mini crystal ball which has a little mini glass stand that matches it that now lives on my altar haven't got a crystal ball so i was really tough with this there's an exclusive oracle card deck which was in mine which is black with beautiful gold writing and pictures of the moon i had an oracle board an exclusive Book of Shadows page, green tea incense, which is now my firm favourite. One of my favourite pieces in the box, which I know this would have cost quite a bit, was an amethyst pendant necklace that has on it also a pentagram charm. My daughter's been trying to uh, steal that off of me. I also love the talking board candle holder, which is absolutely gorgeous. I have that on my altar as well, so I'm going to be using that for all my spell candles. I had some amethyst stones and a packet of rose petals. I was really impressed with this box, as were my friends who I've shown. I think this can make a wonderful present to yourself or a special someone. I would never review anything on the show if I didn't like it myself, if I didn't think it was worth putting my hands in my pocket to buy. And again, the same thing that friends of mine have said, my mum loves it too. Mummy's opinion is always very important. 
I've looked at some of the monthly themes that they have run and they have been beautiful, very enticing, very different to other subscription boxes that I've seen. And I'm all for supporting family run witchy businesses. So check them out. Join me after the break to talk all about witch things. Welcome back. So let's talk all about witchlings. So one of the questions I get asked from many of you witches is how I taught my daughter about the craft, if I've got her involved in any of my practices and things that you could do to introduce witchcraft to your children to show them what it's all about. I appreciate this is a sensitive subject, so I'm just going to outline what happened to me as a child with my mum and how things have panned out with me and my daughter, Emily, who is 14. So my mum never claimed to be a witch. However, we had about one million green man statues and pictures around the home. She grew an obscene amount of fruit and vegetables, very much lived off the land, She taught me a lot about the old ways, always had a very pagan approach to everything. I would definitely class my mum as a green witch without her taking on the title. The irony is I remember having this stage in my life when I resented my parents as everyone else got christened and I wanted the big church ceremony. I think that was all I wanted. Isn't that terrible? And the flouncy dress to wear. And both my parents said that they would leave it down to me to make a decision on that when I was an adult, which looking back was probably for the best because I hadn't really linked in that side of things with me wanting to be a witch. When I was a kid, I never wanted to be a princess. I always wanted to be a witch. So when it came to my own daughter, it has been the same principle, not ever forcing anything upon her. However, she has always had the opportunity to engage with like full and new moon practices that I've carried out, Sabbath celebrations, I have had conversations with her about herbs, goddesses, different witchy topics as we have gone along. I've never wanted to force anything upon Emily because same like me, she might decide she wants to follow another faith or religion down the line. It's only when I've heard her speaking to friends that I've overheard her proudly talk of our practices and of how we live. So that has helped me realise she has an interest in it somewhat. The discussion we have today isn't just around children because you might have people within your life who want to learn more about our craft but find it confusing and perhaps you don't know where to start. So think about what it's like when you first came to the craft It can be overwhelming. Honestly, for myself, when I first came to the craft, there were quite a few things that just didn't set in initially. And this was in spite of me desperately inhaling books, researching everywhere, wanting to know it all. So imagine how it can be like for someone on the fence or someone who's quite young who wants to share it as part of, you know, your life together. 
So here in the Northern Hemisphere, it is the summer holidays. So I'm hoping this episode might help you out with some activities to try with your little ones through to teenagers. We have some wonderful Sabbaths coming up. It's actually Lamas today as I'm recording this. We have Mabon and before we know it, Samhain and Yule, some of my favourite Sabbaths that you might want to celebrate with your children. So hopefully this episode might give you some food for thought. So without further ado, here are some of the ways I actively introduced my daughter to the craft, but have also involved friends and family in regards to my practice. So when it comes to children, first thing I would say that I probably should have explained to my daughter when she was younger and when she found out that I was a witch is that the witchcraft that they see within films and books isn't necessarily the witchcraft we as witchy parents practice in our lives. I wouldn't kill off their beliefs that these things happen because where would be the fun in that? It's more in case they are scared of a certain witch archetype that they have seen and that might perhaps freak them out. I would personally, until they are a little bit older, explain perhaps that you didn't have the opportunity to get to Hogwarts or Mildred Hubble's school. So, you know, you've made do with what you can, with what you've been able to learn. When they are a little bit older, you can break it to them that you're not necessarily that kind of witch. But yes, I think more from the perspective of if they've ever seen any like witches in films or books that are particularly scary, it might be worthwhile pointing out to them at first that, you know, that's not necessarily the practice that we observe. Secondly, explaining to them that not everyone is a witch. So some individuals might not share or like our views and that's okay. Same as with many faiths and religions. This is a sensitive topic. So difficult conversation to have and one that I haven't had a huge amount of problems with for me and my daughter. I have very much a live and let live mentality. I'm very good at accommodating everyone else's lifestyles, you know, as long as they're not hurting anyone. Me and my daughter are quite strong-willed and, you know, when we've had any criticism, we have respectfully or when needed, not so respectfully, shut down any criticism about our way of life and beliefs like that we have had. You might opt to not bring the word witch or witchcraft into your practice anyway, so that you might not have any issues if your children use that word, saves any relatives, friends or family who might perhaps condemn you for it, entirely up to you. So one of the ways that I guess I first started out was with the Sabbaths and allowing my daughter, if she wanted to, to participate in them. The most memorable experience for me with regards to a Sabbath was last year and a Lamas picnic that we went on with my daughter and my best friend. So we went to the Screaming Woods. It's actually called Daring Woods in Pluckley, a very haunted old woods. Pluckley is said to be the most haunted village in the UK and said to home around 12 to 14 ghosts. 
So most children love anywhere that has any mention of ghosts and monsters and different forms of law of that sort. So she was well up for going there. We had a Lamas picnic there. We talked about what Lamas was, you know, discussed the Sabbath itself. She enjoyed the bread. Every witchy festival has tons of bread in it, of course. I made lavender cake too. Driving home, we saw the biggest moon I have ever seen. We spent that day out in nature and any connection to nature you can instill into your children, I think can lead to a love, respect and understanding of it, but also appreciation of its healing powers. My daughter can sometimes be all in her teenage angst. So quite typically stroppy or angry, like many a teenager can get. But anytime we've spent like this out in nature, I instantly see her calmer and we reconnect. So for Lamas, we had a witchy photo shoot whilst out in the woods. I brought along candles and witchy books and she wanted me to take pictures of her with those. This is something she really enjoyed. She proudly shared the pictures with her friends and used them for, you know, some of her social media profiles. Perhaps this Sabbath, I didn't teach her as much as I could have. But last hour, I explained much more in regards to ancestral magic. So she and I talked all about her great grandparents. We played jazz music that my granddad loved, but we also had pictures of her great-grandparents on my altar. This might open up important conversations for you with your children, if perhaps they are struggling with the loss of a relative. But again, you would need to see how you feel they might respond. Also that Samhain, me and my daughter cast a simple circle together and carried out some spell work. Emily has been involved in full and new moon rituals that I've carried out. So we've sat together and discussed and written out what we want to let go of at a full moon and gone outside and burnt the lists. So I've burnt them for her when she was little, but I have let her have a little go, you know, probably within the last year with me watching over. Also new moon rituals where she's joined in and we have called in what we wish for. You might want to start off conversations about the moon and how it affects the sea, animals' behaviours, people's behaviours. You could spend time looking at the moon's different shapes and explaining what phase it's in. Perhaps make some moon water with them that you can add to their bath water or drinks and so on and explain what powers it holds. They always seem to see this as like a magical potion, which even I as a full-blown adult, which do too. My daughter particularly loved making moon water. You haven't got to get too in-depth, but you may find out you have a child fascinated with the moon and astronomy, and this might be something that you can build on with them. This might even lead to stargazing and wishing on stars together, the most simplest form of spell work. Let them wish on the moon if they like, They might not tell you their wishes. They may tell you them. This might give you strong insight into what's going on in their little minds. So me and Emily have trekked 
on days out to the woods and fields near to where we live and collected wood for wands. We've gone to the sea and collected shells, different things for altars. You might want to take your child out to nature spots and see what they are drawn to. Are there any themes in regards to the elements that they seem to love the most? Are they perhaps fascinated by the sea? So me and my daughter collected seawater at a beach near to us and added the jars to our altars for specific spell work. Is your child seemingly a pyromaniac? So perhaps very interested in the element of fire. Are they obsessed with feathers? So perhaps the element of air or are they constantly muddy and obsessed with soil? So perhaps really into the earth element. If you happen to find some fallen branches whilst out in woods and so on, they might be suitable to make your child a wand. So you might want to let them have a go at decorating their wand however they see fit. They might have specific colours that they want to use to paint it. So you could give them brief insight into colour magic. But again, tailor the explanation to their age bracket and in terms that you see most fit. You can also explain to them what a wand is used for in witchy practices. As your child collects things, you could begin to explain to them all about the elements and how you work with them within your craft. You might have an altar that you can show you adding objects to and explaining the element it represents or just why you find it magical. You might even decide to help them have items out in their bedroom on a little altar of their own. So the things that they believe to be most magical. Another area I think is quite good to do with children is to have a look at weather magic. So you could perhaps collect snow and explain its magical properties or even explain how witches of old were said to use fog to hide travelling royalty, but also mothers and children in times of old when wars were about to break out to ensure their safety. You could explain how the weather witches were called upon for safe passage on their voyages across the seas and all about not magic. Perhaps have a go at making sun water together or show them how to sun cleanse objects they feel are magical to them. More time in nature anyway will increase their respect for all living things and understanding how much the earth gives back to us. So you could have a go at earthing with them by walking on the grounds out in nature in bare feet as much as possible, but obviously be careful with that. Also grounding by listening out for different bird sounds when you are out and about, seeing if you can learn together what type of bird it might be and so on. This is a great form of mindfulness, but also learning about different animals. If we visit places in nature, I like to try and pick up any rubbish or help any creatures that might need it. There's a set of fields near us that has cows in it that me and my daughter visit. Some are highland cows and the farmer has notes up on the gates just asking everyone to keep an eye on them. It's just nice to show our children we are working together, part of the bigger world, not just in our own little boxed off separate lives.
In terms of being out in nature, you might want to take them to witchy places. So anywhere historical that may have links to witches. So of course, here in the UK, we have Pendle Hill, Boscastle's Witchcraft Museum, which was one of my firm favourites as a child. There are many places in Devon and Cornwall that are steeped in witchcraft and Druid history. Bodmin Moor has to be my favourite. I did a lot of growing up here as a kid. I was packed off here for summer holidays to live with my grandparents who lived just off the moors. You also have Mother Shipton's Cave in Yorkshire that me and my daughter especially love. Some other places I discovered researching for this episode are you've got the Mermaid's Pool in the Peak District, which is said to be home to not one but two mermaids. You have Wistman's Wood in Devon with stories of flesh-eating hellhounds. Kader Idris in Snowdonia National Park, which is full of lore relating to giants. Chalice Well Somerset that holds water that is said to hold healing properties. Chanctonbury Ring in West Sussex with plenty of tales linked to the devil, witches, fairies and ghosts. So not just witchy places, but especially magical places. Gardening. So I know you might think, no way am I letting my little toe rag loose in my garden. But honestly, kids love to do the grown up jobs that adults do. Herbs and vegetables can be a great place to start as you can show your child the results of their growth and make something out of them. You might want to have a go at growing things from seed. You might want to explain to your child all about old superstitious beliefs around certain herbs and plants and so on. So remember the Bewitching Poisonous Plants episode we did. I know you won't exactly be growing wolfsbane, but what kid wouldn't be fascinated about hearing of the plant and how people grew it to keep away wolves, but also that people would take it in rituals to help them transform into a wolf. I know as a kid, I would have. You might want to create a fairy garden together. You might want to make offerings to the land spirits. You may want to feed and observe the birds and wildlife together to build an understanding of nature more close to home. You might want to make witchy teas with them from the herbs that you've grown or purchased even. My daughter and I have always loved to make mint tea in a teapot from freshly picked leaves from the garden. She often now goes out into our little garden and chops herbs and adds them to something that she is cooking. You may even want to create a simple drying rack together using a long piece of wood, so perhaps like a long branch, ties at either end, and you could show them how to dry out herbs or even flowers that can be incorporated into teas, cooking, spell work, even into, you know, self-care baths. So also half craft. So coming back to altars and sacred spaces, you might want to explain to your child all about your altar. You might create a little sacred space in their room where they store all their magical objects that they have collected and so on. Even just a shoebox full of their special items. This might, with a discussion of sacred spaces, help you discuss meditation. My daughter used to enjoy meditation as a child, which really surprised me. So you can find some really good 
children's meditations on YouTube that you can carry out with them within their sacred space and perhaps start this as a practice from very early on if they will entertain the idea. Even just a minute of them sitting relaxed might make all the difference, but it helps them to understand a bit on grounding and the safe space inside of them, but also begins the connection to their higher self. You might want to ask them to help you with some witchy chores. So perhaps incorporating specific herbs into floor washes, letting them know the properties, seeing if they'll help you with mopping or cleaning. Look into other house switch practices you carry out that might spark their imagination, but it also shows them the magic that can be found in the mundane. My daughter loves helping with washing the dishes, making afternoon tea, doing little jobs in the house. All of these things teaches accountability and life skills too. So aromatherapy is something that you might want to try with them. Things like incorporating calming scents into their baths, using sprays that perhaps might help before meditation or relaxing. The brain's association with scent is really strong. And this is, of course, great for really little babies and toddlers as they will associate certain scents such as chamomile and lavender with bedtime. Same as we associate perhaps incense sticks or burning herbs with ritual or meditation. So kitchen witchery. Perhaps you might want to have a go at baking some moon spell cookies with your child for perhaps protection, psychic ability or abundance. You can make bread together for pretty much every single Sabbath we enjoy. And whilst you're there explaining perhaps what the meaning of this Sabbath is, why you might be eating certain foods, explaining what the harvest is, Bearing in mind, most children now have no understanding of farming or growing things. Many think food just turns up in pretty packaging. They have no concept of how it gets into the supermarket or what the land does for us. When it comes to harvests, you might want to discuss rituals that were carried out in the past to ask the gods and goddesses for support with the harvest. So what festivities they would have had. So each Sabbath and explaining what each harvest consisted of, what we would have harvested at that particular Sabbath. You might want to delve into where our food comes from, perhaps even taking your children to work in farms that offer days out so they can understand more on how things are done. If anything, I think this can help children respect animals more and understand where their food comes from and have a different respect for it more than just thinking, you know, it turns up in a packet that just turns up in the fridge. You might want to buy local from farmers markets or farms directly to show your supporting local farmers and instill that within your children. Again, just an idea, not something I can say I did I don't eat meat, pretty much most dairy, but I did talk to my daughter about how things worked as she got older. She's still a meat eater. I've never imposed on her what I do. Again, that's another choice for her to make. But if you, you know, if you want to go down that line, discussions around the harvest can be a good route to explain to your child 
how things work. So you might want to talk to your child all about familiars and how a witch tends to work with them. You could talk to them about spiritual meanings behind certain animals. If there is any kind of deities that they might be linked to, you may find that an animal that they're particularly obsessed with has a lot of links to their personality types. Divination. So children can be naturally fascinated with anything along these lines. Perhaps you might want to just have a look at things like scrying, so perhaps some cloud gazing, crystal ball scrying, even tea leaf reading with them as a nice creative way for them to let their imaginations run wild. You can work this simply and just see what they think that they can see, perhaps look into loose interpretations or see what they think that it means. You can also buy children's tarot cards. Dream work. So perhaps asking your child regularly what they might have dreamt of, only if they are happy to tell you. You might wish to do a bit of interpretation yourself to see what their subconscious might be telling them. Especially if you find they are having nightmares and so on, it might give you insight into any concerns they might be having. So as a child, I was gifted a dream book at around the age of seven or eight, and I read it all the time. It got me doing a lot of dream recollection. And now I have a lot of very, very deep, insightful dreams. And I think that's because that is a skill that I've really honed. You may even find that your child will have a little dream journal and they'll happily write in there what they have dreamt about crystals so my daughter was pretty fascinated with these she even now takes a couple with her when she might need a bit of support perhaps with something going on at school and so on a bit of a comfort blanket you might want to go into some of the crystals and what their properties are see which ones your child's naturally drawn to you might want to perhaps gift them with one or some so we touched on this briefly but land elementals So you may want to talk to your child all about the Fae. You might want to read them stories about the Fae. You may want to explain the different types of land elementals from your native lands. So, you know, we have brownies, pixies, elves, the Sealy Court, the Unsealy Court, the Banshee, Leprechauns, Kobolds, Changelings, Gnomes, Irish seawater guardians, kelpies, merfolk, nymphs, salamanders, selkies, will-o'-wisp, bogarts. You can likely find stories that link to all the above and this will help impart further knowledge all about the fair folk. So perhaps a book of magic, perhaps your child might want to create their own book of shadows of all the things they discover, maybe relating to the Fae or deities or dream work that they do or little spells that they create themselves, their own interpretations of magic and how they see things. And of course, they can get really creative with this, with drawing. So, you know, they might even want to do a little bit of research with you on different topics that you discuss. Deities. So you might want to incorporate deities into witchy story time. So of course, fairy tales can be wonderful, but how about telling them a story about a deity, 
you know, finding some that you can teach them about. There are lots of books aimed at children that have stories about the deities in. You might find your child picks one in particular they love the sound of most, which might lead to them wanting to work with this deity perhaps down the line. I found some wonderful YouTube videos about deities for children that you might want to watch also. Even one on the Morrigan that was very watered down and definitely suitable for children. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Affirmations. So teach your child positive thoughts. Words, of course, hold power. And this, again, also links into spell work and manifesting. You might have specific affirmations you use with them to help them work on building their confidence and cultivate self-love and self-worth. Again, it's another way to show how powerful words are, why we use them in our spells, but also it can teach them to be careful in negative language and how it's directed to themselves and others. For teenagers, you might find they are fascinated by glamour spells, self-confidence spells, or anything that they might need to help bolster their confidence within their teenage years. Also, teenagers can be obsessed with like face masks, candles, body lotions and potions. So you might find it a chance to bond over making candles together, bath bombs or even soaps. I thought making candles would be tricky, but it's now one of my favourite things to do and makes me feel especially witchy. So you might want to make intention candles with your teenagers using specific crystals in them relating to an intention that they might wish to set. You can cast spells over the candles as well. Of course, make sure like you are aware if your teenager is using candles, I'm always hot on this. You can also, by doing this, help them understand more about different herb properties. So if you make any body products that contain these, it's pretty easy to make face masks and so on from natural ingredients. So I hope that all helps. But just to finish up for today, I've got some resources that I can recommend to you if you want to look into this further. So the first book is The Goddess is in the Detail by Deborah Blake. This is a book that we reviewed early on on the show and it has chapters relating to raising pagan children, so living openly at school and with friends and what to do if your child decides that they want to be a witch. 
But there are three books that Deborah Blake recommends in this chapter, which I cannot profess to reading myself. But they are Raising Witches, Teaching the Wiccan Faith to Children by Ashleen Ogaya. Secondly, the Family Wicca book, The Craft for Parents and Children by Ashleen Ogaya. And the third book, Circle Round, Raising Children in Goddess Traditions by Starhawk, Diane Baker and Anne Hill. I have a witch child's prayer that I will add to the show notes if you like it. I just thought it was very sweet. Earth, air, sea and wind, bless my family and my friends. Power of love and hope and light, protect me onwards through the night. Guard my home from things that creep. Good spirits watch me as I sleep. By fire, storm, earth and sea. As I speak, so mote it be. Just to conclude, I have to point out I was the original Wednesday Adams as a child with a love of my own personal pet graveyard that was at the end of my garden and witchcraft and ghosts. And my daughter's probably as macabre as me. So you might find your children veer more to the light. Therefore, some of this might be a bit too deep for them to take on. However, only you know your child and what they would perhaps be interested in. But nevertheless, I hope that there is something in there that you perhaps might use. So before I go, I just want to say, I am launching my Patreon on Patreon called The White Witch Coven on August the 9th, which is also my birthday, just being a Leo and putting it out there. I don't know why I said it for that day. It just felt, it felt, it felt like the one. So on Patreon, there will be one extra podcast episode every month, which is exclusive to the Patreon. You also have all of the grimoire sheets from season two. Season one's grimoire sheets are going up at the minute. So there'll be some from season one also. They are all very pretty. They're very dark academia style, black and white, and you could create your own grimoire from them. So you also have on there the Discord site as well, where we can connect between us. And I'm hoping you might find other like-minded witches on there too that you can connect with. It's £6 a month to sign up. It's billed on the first of each month by Patreon. So obviously, if you sign up up around like the 9th of August, you will next be billed on the first of next month. You can finish your membership at any time. You're not tied into it. I hope to see you on there. I'll put some details in the show notes for this episode and I will have have the links going out on my social media across the course of this week. So you can find me on Instagram at The White Witch Company, Facebook, The White Witch Company. You can drop me an email, carly at thewhitewitchcompany.co.uk. If you feel the call to, I'd love it if you could leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd be very grateful. Aside from that, have a great week, witches. I will catch up with you next week. Lots and lots of witchy love. 